back today, uh, the title of this one we have to top entirely so it'll be easier to find. Being a witness of God. And when I say a witness of God, I mean of Jesus Christ. Because there's one Lord and one God, and Jesus Christ represents the Godhead there. So when we're talking out of chapter 43 of Isaiah, he says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after God. I am he, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no God. Uh, I am declare. I have declared and have saved and have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. The power and the impact of that statement in the Old Testament carries through to the New Testament. In the New Testament was different from the Old Testament. Maybe Moses had a chance to get to know God. But in the New Testament, we all have a chance of opportunities to come to know God. I was talking the other day and I was saying it's different from knowing of God and knowing God. And by being witnesses of God, we develop a relationship with Him. We come to know him, and as Job said, to know God, you can be doing things all of your life thinking you have known God. But sometime through afflictions, sufferings, different tribulations, it gets you to know God even better. It, that's why through suffering we know Jesus Christ better. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So if we travel the same roads he traveled, in other words, we're to be like Christ. Not murmuring and complaining, because a lot of times when you're murmuring and complaining, you have to learn that same lesson over and over until you stop murmuring and complaining. If you're always whining about something or whatever, that's not the way of Christ. We have to learn the way of Christ who never mumbled, it says, when reviled, he didn't revile again. It's a character uh, conduct that has to be developed in us. It's a developing relationship. And I told you that New Testament word witness is the, was derived from the forms of the Greek word martyrs, which means to record, report evidence given a testimony. And as a witness to the testimony, as a witness to Jesus Christ, that's what we overcome the world by. That's what we overcome Satan by, is through faith in him, in, in Jesus. It has to be a living faith that's a faith that works, that has attributes. And so, instead of saying, uh, being a, how can I say this? Let me develop that a little bit later. But we, if you are a witness, you are something, that, that means that's what you is. You're not trying to be either you are or you're not. And if you are a witness of Jesus Christ, it's going to declare itself, it'll show itself. Uh, it is someone who can testify, uh, vouch for 
the parties in an argument or anything. So with Satan or with the world or with people, I'm always on Christ's side because I've come to find out his word is infallible. I've never found his word or what he said or promised to be untrue. And I see the things that the former things that he had declared and the things that he are, is declaring is coming to truth. I stake my life on that. that. That's my testimony that I believe and have faith that he is the Son of God, that he's our Savior and our Redeemer. That's what the disciples did. They stuck, staked their life on it. When a lot of people say, well, they lied, the soldiers carried them away. Well, who would die for something that they know is a lie? If you actually know you're lying about something, it's only so far you could go with that. It could be like some of the things that we see in developing in the world or whatever. When it gets to such a point, a lot of people back out and say they don't have a part with that or not because they believe in that and the evil or wickedness of that, but they're not willing to sacrifice that for that. If we're a true witness, a faithful witness of Jesus Christ, we're willing to sacrifice our lifetime or whatever it be because we have to die to self. We're no longer living to self because we're buried with Christ. As in English, it means one who bears testimony in a judicial sense or one who can testify to the truth of what he has seen or known. That's judicially in a judgmental thing, but as we come closer, as we walk in faith, these facts become known facts unto us because it's because now we've come to know God experientially. In other words, we've experienced, and unlike the people that listen at this again, he says, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me. Notice that he says, know and believe me. The knowledge in I said you have to develop a relationship with him to know him, to know Jesus. It's a lot of people know of Jesus, and that's what the majority of the people of the unchurched world is. They know of Christ. They know of Jesus. But when you get to some of the doctrine and some of the things Jesus said uh, have done, they hadn't even heard of that. They wouldn't even realize that they're doing wrong. Uh, that's not according to what the real Jesus would do. They just know a lot of people, and you can pass it down traditionally or culturally, that Jesus died for our sins and that his blood saved us and that. But they don't know that. You can't be saved if you're not in the church. If you're not part of the church, you can't be saved. If you're forsaking the fellowshipping of yourself because you're not part of that one body, it's one faith, one Lord, one body. We're the body of Christ. You can't live without a body. So if you're not part of the body of Christ, you're nothing. That's why he says, I am the truth and I am the way. Because he's the only way to salvation. But that comes through a knowledge of God. That's what Job said. He had heard of Jesus. I mean, he had heard of God. But now since he spoke with God, in other words, since he heard God's word, and God only declared unto him the things which he had done and asked things of Job. 
But that brought Job to a knowledge of God. And see, knowledge comes, and that's why we have to come to know Him, the true and the living God. That's what eternal life is, is to know God. But it's a lot of people that don't know God. They know of God. The people, and and, and this right there, if, I, if we go to that apartment complex, if we go over there, which is Harris live, it may be several different people that know of me. Do they know me? Not at all. They know I'm a, a pastor. They know that we have a church over here. But they don't know of me. So it's a lot of people you know of them, but they, they don't know you. There's a lot of people that have been married for years and years and don't really know one another. There's people that go to church consistently all the time. You know of that person. You know that person's name or whatever. But you don't have a knowledge of that person. You don't actually know that person. You know of that person. And that's where we're lacking community. We don't know each other. I think you work on a job years and years by someone and you don't know their children. You don't know the children's name. You don't know what that person does or whatever. There's no intimacy there. There's no fellowship there. And that's what it says, fellowship and community. And to be a witness of God. So we have to learn of him. We have to learn of Jesus. And we have to, to be a witness for him. That requires something that he gives us to be able to do that is he gives us faith. Faith comes from the hearing of the word of God. But it's through grace. But it's through grace. It's by grace through faith. Both of those he give unto us. Now it says, as in the Old Testament, the witnesses were the first executioners. And I told you, if you know of something and you don't care how close the relative is or whatever, that's why a lot of people, they use the analogy that blood is thicker than water. Well, blood may be thicker than water, but spirituality is a whole different thing than blood and water. So he says, who is my father, my brother, my, who is my brother, sister? He says, the same as those that do the will of my father. That's a closer link. That's that's becomes knowing that person and knowing of that person. But you turn against that person. In other words, the ones in the church are close to you than those that you may be familiar with outside. They should be closer to you. You should know them because now God had refined them. The church is a a refiner's pot. That's why I say judgment begins at the house of God. When it all boils down, it won't be anybody in the church that don't belong in here, that, that doesn't love one another, that actually doesn't love, that doesn't have the right characteristics. All will have all of the characteristics that the fruit of the Spirit brings. They may not have it to the same measure, but evil or wickedness, all of that of the earthiness must be purged out. Now, that comes to another whole thing there, but as executioners or witnesses to executioners, so when he says you must hate your mother, father, sister, or brother, and in essence what you're saying, I'm as in judicially... In other words, I'm passing the judgment. I see 
that I don't think you would be ready for the kingdom of God. I wouldn't vote you into the kingdom of God. That wouldn't be my judgment. I'm just a witness that what what judgment God makes against you, whether you're my mother, brother, father, sister, he is right because I know God is right and true. So this wouldn't be the best for you. God knows what's best for you. Yes. So sometimes we want to buddy with people at nepotism or whatever, but only what's true in God's eyes, what's true in God's sight. That's why Solomon had to end up killing his brother. You remember the one that was taking the throne? Because he wouldn't be right for the kingdom because he would violate the rules. We want anyone be in heaven that justice wouldn't prevail over because you remember I said the justice of God he brings about his justice. In other words, within that justice is the vengeance and the wrath of God. But his people will be and already judged themselves because we're witnesses of God and we know that if we love him, we would keep his commandments. Those that are not keeping his commandments don't love him and they don't know of the true and living God. Within the church, an accusation against a minister was only received if it was from two or three witnesses. That's why I was saying, you know, in communication or whatever, uh, I, I kind of passed on the idea of somebody saying, well, this person said this and this person says that. If I didn't hear it, if I didn't personally hear it, I don't know if it's the truth or not. I, don't, I can't judge without another witness or somebody to confirm that's what, that's what was said. I was telling my wife that that's, well, let me call uh, Humana, or let me call this person, because even if my wife said something, I know my wife and everything, but I don't know, I couldn't judge between her and the person of what was going on in the matter or whatever, just like we were talking before thing, I don't know, I said, well, you talk to them or whatever, because what that does, that puts me out, because I can't be a witness, because I didn't hear it, I couldn't take either side or whatever because I don't know. That would God would be the witness there. I couldn't be a witness or, or come into the matter or just, you know, take a side in the matter. It says if you don't have two or three witnesses, that corrupts the church or corrupts anything because now you're dealing in hearsay, tale bearing a gossip or whatever, and you can only prove or, or know what you hear from your own eyes other than the Word of God. You know the Word of God. It's proven and tested. That's why I say, once you start living and walking in the Word of God, practice makes perfect. You know, that's what we practice in for, is the kingdom of God. That's why we keep rehearsed to doing it His way. No other way. In the New Testament, a witness takes on more person, a more personal form of one who attests his beliefs in Christ and his teachings by personal sufferings. Sometime we suffer. I was talking to one of my neighbors today. We suffer by that which we don't know. But I was saying, well, I'm going to be down there, you know, to pay your taxes on December the 31st, right? Your property taxes, whatever. But me and him had had situations where we did the contrary. Even though it seems though the city is wrong or something is wrong in it, we don't, it's not up to us to make an accusation or whatever. 
it might be hard and they might be treating us, but we can't murmur and complain. All we can do is comply with what they say can do. You understand what I'm saying? We know that if we don't pay it by the 31st, they might pile exorbitant charges up on us or whatever. But we have to suffer for man's ordinances, whatever man does to us. We have to suffer knowing that Jesus Christ, he sees that he's our judge and through his His word. It says, obey those that have rule of authority over you. There are certain courses we can take in such a way. But when you rebel in a civil matter or something, you have to be able to take the consequences of that rebellion. So, as we learn by suffering the things that we suffer, we start not complaining. We just start saying, man, it's rough or whatever. And Christ tells us that it's rough and it's going to get rough. People will get worse. People go wax evil. It's going back wax worse and worse so as Christians we can't be the ones murmuring and complaining or whatever we just have to take it on the chin we just have to take it long suffering and forbear the apostles frequently appeared as witnesses of the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ they were able to appear and that's why he chose those apostles but they testified to that but his prayer would, was that we would believe on him through the apostles' word, through what the apostles said and did. And that's what I say. I don't think that they were the people that would die for a lie. I think that they came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and understood that he was the Son of God. Now we believe it on him through their word, their actions, and what they did. The book of Acts starting the culmination of those things. The faithful are called so great a cloud of witnesses. So great a cloud of witnesses. So that's all around us. He says, run this race with patience, seeing that you compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. So that's why some religions teach that the apostles was the witness. He says, you are my witnesses, that he was talking to the apostles only, but what he say to one, he say to all. We are his witnesses in the in the forty third chapter. There in that ten verse, you notice that he changes that witness to a plural. He say, "Ye are my witnesses." And throughout the New Testament, he says, "Ye are my witnesses." So, as witnesses of him, we have to suffer wrongdoing, just as he suffered wrongdoing. He died upon a cross. He died upon the cross. For something that he didn't do, it wasn't any sin in him, but he didn't go with murmuring and complaining. So as a faithful witness of God, we should die in that same manner. What the thief on the cross did by seeing his life, he said that he, what he did through observation and looking at Jesus Christ, that he didn't fight against it, he, 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 the way he carried on, he looked up on him and he says, this man, he must be the son of God. Through his conduct and what he did, he hadn't followed Christ. I don't think he had followed or known of him. It was two common criminals that was on either side of him, but one rail up on him and said, if you be the son of God, in other words, 
he may have been a religious person or whatever, but he was like a lot of the religions nowadays. They don't want to get go through no problems or troubles. They don't want to have suffering and things. They want to get out of their troubles. He said, you be the son of God, get us off this cross. It was like John the Baptist. He, he, he had a little doubt that he sent to Jesus and asked, are you the one or should we look for another because a lot of people was, wasn't looking for a suffering Messiah. They was looking for deliverance from their problems and troubles. They was looking for somebody to put down the Romans and take over. So John, he gave John a group of facts that was biblical. He says, tell him that the lame walk, the blind see, and the poor have the gospel preached to them of no charge. That they're hearing the word of God. Those were all signs that he was the Lamb of God, just as it was that when he came unto John, John says, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. But sometimes persecution and the things of this world, of this life, and the troubles and the things we go through cause us to give up, cause us to turn around, and it's the sower sowing those seeds. Well, don't be one of the seeds that is sown where the cares of this life choke the word of God out of you. That you get overcome by the cares and the things of this life. Don't be that seed that was cast in part that didn't have root, a strong root, wasn't rooted and grounded in the world and when pers- I mean in the word of God and when persecution and trouble, in other words affliction, when a little hard going, when the going gets hard, you draw away. You fall out. You faint. You die. You give up. You quit. You turn back. You have to be in experience or go through all those things just as Jesus Christ did. So great a cloud of witnesses that you don't know who are the witnesses of Jesus Christ. It's people in different places that see what you're going through. Some of your neighbors are Anybody can see your life tell whether you're a child of God or not. It tells whether you're a true witness or a faithful witness. People realize if you start murmuring and complaining or start drinking and getting drunk, the Bible, Jesus gives us that parable of the servant that started to drink and curse and party with the rest of the people, start rioting and carousing. In other words, you give up to the ways of the world. You give up to your neighbors. You start drinking and having a good time and partying and taking your eyes off Christ, living like the world. That witness, you're not a good witness then. That's what happened to David. You remember, he calls Christ's name to be blaspheming among the Gentiles. Amar is one who is so confident of the truth and so upright that he would rather give his life than deny the truth of what he has seen and what he has known. So thus far in our life, if we're to turn back or give up, the book of Hebrews says he take no pleasure in those that turn back or give up to perdition. In other words, you stop because of holiness getting too hard. This is the rewards are not here. Not realizing in the 11th chapter of Hebrews that cloud of witnesses that he's talking about None of them lived to see the end promises of what God had told them. But they just knew they had the promises of God. 
it's going to get hard and it's going to get harder. As he told Habakkuk, you think that's bad, Habakkuk. You just wait, it's going to get much harder. Paul mentions Stephen's witness and martyrdom in the book of Acts 22 and 20 as an example of that kind of witness that died for the cause because everybody's not going to want to hear the true cause of Christ. That's why a lot of times a lot of people you're around, they go to different churches, have a lot of different belief systems. And I was telling you that because you remember your, your, your first wife was Catholic and some of the children and some of the ways and I was asking you about some of the traditions or some of the things that they said. You said you didn't know or whatever. But it really, it is your job to know. It's the man's job to know what's being practiced or what's going on in his own home. And that's what Nehemiah was. You, we don't have to do as in the Old Testament. But Nehemiah was causing them to get divorced and everything because the wives was teaching the children things that wasn't of God. That would bring the death penalty. That's why God says it's be not unequally yoked, but we don't deal with it that way in the New Testament time. Light and knowledge in God has increased. The light and knowledge in God has increased, but it's still our responsibility to know, to know about these things. In the letter to the Laodiceans in the book of Revelation 3.14, Jesus himself is referred to as the faithful and the true witness. And that's what I keep asking. Are we faithful and true witnesses of God? None of the other letters to the seven churches uses that title of faithful and true witness. Christ emphasizes his own faithful and true character because the Laodiceans so completely lack these two qualities. They wasn't faithful and they wasn't truthful. They were neither hot nor cold. They had a lot of material goods, but they didn't have Christ in their hearts. They wasn't witnesses of Christ. They were poor, wretched, and naked, but they thought they didn't have any need of anything else. They wasn't good witnesses. Are you a good and faithful witness? Will you hear the voice of Christ as, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Christ's example uh, shows that to be a fitting witness of God, one must be faithful and true, that is spiritually reliable and accurate. That's why I say a lot of people don't know of Christ. They know of Christ, but they don't know Christ. And he tells them to take my yoke upon you and learn it. So that means they would have to continue in the word of God. And the spirits will guide them and lead them in all truth. But through disobedience, rebellion and disobedience is the reason they don't know God. They don't know truth. And they don't have the path to eternal life because they're not walking the narrow road because that narrow road is spirit-led. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And the spirits will guide you and lead you in all truth. But that's why you're supposed to be studying the Word of God because he says, study the Word of God, show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth, and nowadays it's not being rightly divided. It's not being rightly spoken of. It's not being rightly preached and taught. A true witness of God is a reflected example of the life of Jesus Christ in word and behavior. Your behavior has to match. 
your, your behavior has to be that of the right lifestyle of Jesus Christ, who was meek, mild, and humble and lowly. But the world is teaching to be abrasive, defensive, competitive, disrespectful, and all of these other things that are works of the flesh. Works of the flesh. The church's witness is in the kingdom of God. The saints will continue to be witnesses of God's way of life because that's why we pray that God's kingdom come because we start practicing that right here on earth, the way we live. It's a lifestyle. Am I saying living as a witness of Jesus Christ? We don't want our witness to be taken away. As a unified and cumulative force as the church, what do we witness or testify for God? What do we witness or what do we testify? It's everything. Our whole life. It permeates our whole being. Remember I told you the word permeates. And that's why John says he must decrease and Christ must increase. He says I must decrease and he must increase. Your life comes more about to Jesus Christ as a faithful witness because as you learning of him you begin to know him and and it's a scripture that says if you would do the word if you would do as the word is telling you you would know that the word is true because it's an active and living book into which God starts to he says he was going to come in and dwell with you. He was going to sup with you. Him and the Son was going to dwell with you. He was going to sup with you. It says at the revelation of Jesus Christ, he's going to start talking to you. And see, we can quote scriptures all day long or whatever, but really to some of us, is he a really a friend when we friendless? Or do we yearn and tolerate other friends and companionship and, and we get the wrong friends and companionship because we don't have that friend when we're friendless. We lonely, so we do anything in fellowship just to have others around because it's not good for to be alone. We witness, we witness that He is God. In Isaiah 43 and 10 and 12 says, Speaking of spiritual Israel of the church, of those in the church, it says, You are my witnesses that you may know and believe me. Now I don't I I'm tested. I don't want to go too full on this that you know and may believe me. I, I try to preach on that Saturday. But that you may know and believe me. See, the knowledge of him is separate from the belief in him. It says, and understand that I am he. Remember I told you understanding the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and understanding because then the wisdom comes to make us, uh, to enable us to apply that which we know. And it gives us a proper understanding of those things. That's why I say it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. The scriptures make it plain. As he came to Job and started talking to Job, preaching clarifies these things. But if preaching confuses and confounds these things, those are the ones that are becoming dull of hearing. Those are the ones that are not born again. Because some heard the voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I well pleased. But some said, did it thunder? They didn't hear what was being said. 
we have to have ears to hear. And that's why I say people have physical ears. But what's happening, a lot of times we become dull of hearing because of our companionship during the day. The people around us, the voices we hear, the communications of those things on television. I told you just like everything can progress you in law in God. But Satan also works through and in a lot of these things to take you away from God. That's why I said we have to overcome him by the word of his test of our testimony that we know him and that we are doers of his word. And sometimes we have to be able to handle a matter as Jesus Christ handled the matters. Therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord. And you can look at uh, Isaiah 44 and 8 also. We testify that Jesus is the Christ. So when people of Jehovah Witnesses or whatever, Islam or whatever, it's wrong or it's right. So we, we, we not like water and oil, we can't mix on these things. We can't mix on these things. And if Jesus is the Christ, please don't be coming over to my house or talking to me about religion or whatever. You don't really go to church. If you don't have, if I can't see that I do believe, now I ain't saying having doubt for disputations, in other words, that we might disagree on this matter and that matter. But if I don't see you living a life of repentance, I don't see anything. I'm good. You remember I told you that judicial process of judgment? Because you have to have some standard or you'll get entangled in this world, in this world's affairs. Preachers, people within the church, because sometimes helping others, they'll get you entangled in their problems and troubles because they're not coming at it in a godly manner, in a godly approach. So both of y'all think because you can't help someone if that person's muddying the water, if that person has created to where, okay, what did you do this guy? What did you say to her or whatever? Because you could have offended or hurt something. Now I'm trying to help mediate this thing. And this person said, well, no, you don't know what he said or what he did or whatever. That's why in a situation or something, I always come and try to find out what was said or what was done or how did you say it? What emotion did you say? What inflection? Because sometimes we're loud and boastful or said in an argumentative way to start a fight or whatever. So I have to, without all those, only God has know all of those. Only God knows all that. But then with us, sometimes he gives us spiritual discernment to realize probably Potiphar, the reason he put Joseph in prison and still the killing Joseph, because he knew his wife was a tramp. He didn't believe what she said, but to save face, he wasn't going to turn on or whatever, but he didn't actually, I don't think he actually believed Joseph did what she said he did. Sometimes my children or somebody will be saying something, but I know you and know your attitudes and everything, and that's not the whole story, and it's a reason that's happening. And so you have to learn to not let people draw you into their battles or whatever. That's why Christ says, give it to him. 
But when we give Christ something, we can't take that and start trying to handle it and do it ourselves. He don't have it. You have it. Now you got Christ in the middle of a mess or something. You take your hands off of it. Let him do it. The work is finished. All you have to do is walk therein. There's a certain way and a conduct to conduct yourself. We proclaim that God the Father raised up Jesus to be Prince and Savior. Rules out the Jesus, the Jehovah Witnesses and all in all that because God had given Jesus a name above every name. He has the preeminence. So we know Jesus is above all. That name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. We announce the coming of the kingdom of God. That's the same thing John did. We should go forth announcing that the kingdom of God is coming. God's kingdom is, that's the proclamation. Go ye forth, make it disciples. We want people to live and live for God because that's exactly what's happening. That's the warning shot. That's the warning. We repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And when the Pharisees started to want to be baptized and start coming, he said, who had warned you vipers to repent? He called them vipers and serpents. Who had warned you? In other words, they knew what he was saying, but he knew it was a difference from them and the other people. See, a lot of people come into the church but they want to bring their old habits with them. They want to bring that thugism with them. They want to bring that brawling and fighting mentality instead of dying to self, dying to all those things to be a witness for him, to be a mar for him. In other words, you're dead and in that grave. You're living for another because this is why I live. You have to be ready to tell somebody of the hope that is within you. That is because I believe in Jesus Christ and His way of life and what He says. That's a witness. You look for opportunity to be able to tell people, look for that segue to get us talking about the kingdom of God. Talking about religion. You can tell me you're in a church all you want to or whatever, but I'm pointing this to where this is where the crooks of the crucible is. You might be in a church, but the way that church, some of that doctrine and everything, we got a problem. We are individually and collectively to witness by our works that our God is God. So he noticed that in that ninth verse, he said, let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses. Notice he says their witnesses because I believe their witnesses are false witnesses. That's why I'm saying that the nation will divide. I'm saying 60 to 70 percent, 80 to 90 percent of the people in which we live and deal with every day, that's going to be a problem there. If only the remnant will be saved, and I'm saying the reason I say 40 to 50 percent is that all of them won't be lost, but the ones that believe in false gods, in idols, the one that's a hypocrite, the one that's in churches and everything, these are the ones that are wicked because they can't even hear the true God. There's a lot of people out there that, that's going to come. When he says, bring your sons and daughters, 
there's going to be a lot of people coming to the church, but we got to get the people out of the church that don't desire to know Jesus Christ. The churches are full of people that are not worshiping in spirit and in truth. They're worshiping self. They like Simon the sorcery. They're there for what they can get, for money coming, for the pleasures and the things of this life. That's the reason they're in the churches, some of them. Our good or bad witness is made because we are producing good or bad fruits. You're either with him or against him. We're either doing one of the two, producing good fruits or bad fruits. Now, repentance has to be preached. That's what's lacking, and that's why what brings about a, a dead faith, a lack of works with, that has no repentance. God, good works will glorify God. If we are a reliable and an accurate witness of his way of life, then what we do, people might aspire to notice that there has been a change. There's a difference in what you believe in. I see that with the move for national Christianity. These wicked people realize that Christianity is the way. I'm, I'm still hadn't went through that article yet and broke it down to where I could print it for y'all. Where in the I didn't forgot what year they saying that Christianity wouldn't be the majority religion of the United States, but I, I'm I agree in a certain way, but I agree that it won't be that long, and I think that it won't be that in the United States. I think it worldwide that it has to be a destruction greater than the COVID pandemic think we're standing on the precipice of a, a cataclysmic event worse than COVID was. That's what the Bible speaks of in Revelation, a decimation even greater than that seems to start speaking of that. We have a tremendous individual responsibility to witness for God by our example. That's a, a tremendous responsibility He has given us and that's why I said we have to learn of our obligations and responsibilities because without learning of him, we don't learn what our obligations and responsibilities are. We should be making disciples. We were created. If we go into the New Testament, it says we were created for good works. And you know that which you should be doing. You know what you should be doing. As one writer put it, witnessing is not a spare time, time occupation or once a week activity. It's much, it must be a quality of life. I remember when I first came into the Pentecostal church, they used to want to go knock doors and hand out tracts and everything. They say, let us go witnessing. But I'm saying, you don't go witnessing, you are a witness. You are a witness. Everywhere you go, you should be a witness. You are a witness, whether a witness for good or a witness for bad. You remember, David had become a witness for bad because of his actions and what he did with Uriah and Bathsheba. It caused God's name to be blasphemed. And the consequences of that, it never left his house. Doing works is a witness before the world. Doing works is a witness before the world. James 2.14 says, What is it the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith 
but has no good works as evidence. Can that kind of faith save him? No. A mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. So when people have to tell you that they're Christian and they're religious, something is wrong. I can tell you whether you're Christian or not by your works, by what you're doing. Some of the wrong thinking about works was derived from Martin Luther's teaching, and Martin Luther had some good teaching, but he had some erroneous teaching, some things that wasn't in the Bible. But his teaching that salvation is by faith alone, a statement that does not appear in the Bible, that salvation is by faith alone. That's a statement that doesn't... I'm understanding what he's trying to say, but by saying it in that way, he eliminates a lot of the conditional things that comes along with that faith and and salvation when he says that salvation is by faith alone. Is it true that God gives salvation through his mercy? It is... Hold on. Because where have James says, however, James says that a person's faith is proved by his works. That's James second chapter fourteen through the twenty-sixth verse. It is true that God gives salvation through his merciful gift of grace. That's the way salvation comes, is through God's gift of grace, but it's not by faith alone. Are we understanding what I said now? It is true that God gives salvation through His merciful gift of grace, but He also must give us the faith to believe. He must give us the ability to repent. Unless God grant us repentance, we can't repent. We see where a lot of people in the Bible says they repented. Judas repented and went and hung himself. But God didn't grant that repentance. He hung himself because he was trapped. He was blocked in. But God didn't grant him repentance unto salvation. All repentance is not unto salvation. If a person has no work, he is actually proving that he has no faith. If you don't have any works, that proves you don't have any faith. The works that we do, the way we live our lives, prove our conversion. That our faith is in Christ is in real mixed witness that God glorified. So that faith has works because if you don't have any faith, I mean works, it's a dead faith. The faith without works is a dead faith. Faith is just like, it's not a fruit of the Spirit, but if we have the fruit of the Spirit, well, I didn't want to say that. I'm trying to say this. The Spirit produces the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, if we abide in the vine, if we abide in Jesus Christ, the sap and all of those nutrients, everything coming from that tree, the roots of the tree, the the branches of the tree, it produces the the, the fruit that hangs on that tree. And whether it's juicy or sweet or bitter or whatever, God is the husbandman. So that affliction of suffering 
produces what kind of person we are. Are we a meek person? Are we a humble person? Are we bringing forth different kinds the works of the of the 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 gifts of God? Are we producing those things? Are we producing the right fruit? You remember I said you could be a good witness or a bad witness. But national Christianity, it seems as though it's a bitter Christianity. It's a violent Christianity. What's rising in this nation? I see the other Jesus. It's bitter. It's violent. It's confrontational. Man, it's judgmental. It's self-centered. It's pleasure-seeking. It's a wicked form that's coming. That's why he said, I think, that he'll fight against the church because it's been infiltrated. Satan's ministers of light that has been transformed into ministers of light. They have went out to all the Bible colleges and churches and things. Now they have this whole group of people coming up, preaching, teaching, and singing. All of the children, it's cursed children bringing into the world this wickedness, this judgmental thing that God has to judge. Thus we must understand these truths regarding works. We must understand this, that God has never intended that works save anybody. You're not saved by works. That's why one of the arguments I had with one of the evangelists or whatever, he talking about baptism. Baptism is a work. It's an outward sign, an identification with the body of Christ, but that's a work. You're not saved by baptism. Jesus is the Lamb slain from before the foundations of the world. God knew beforehand that we would need a Savior for salvation. So Jesus, all of that is in Jesus. That's why I say we have to look under Jesus. That's our witness. He's the one that redeemed us. He's our creator. He shapes and forms us. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our all in all. It's all in Jesus. So it's not a work that we're looking to. We're looking unto Jesus. And that our rest is in Jesus. We rest in Christ. We're in the arms of Christ. Resting in Him. And He doeth the works. Doing the works provide practice in God's way of life thus helping to ingrain its way in us as part of our character. So if you're learning humility here, if you're learning non-confrontationalism here, if you're learning not to be bitter, if you're learning not to argue and revile, you know, reviling and fussing and fighting back and disputes, all of these things that are works of the flesh, you're purging them here. You're seeing that as part of what you used to be. That's what you put in the death. You used to do these things when you once walked in darkness. Now that you're in light, you have to walk as he's in light. That we're the living witnesses. We're his witnesses that he lives in us. We have to mirror him. That's what people see. When people see us, they have to see him. That's what God sees when he looks at us. He sees his son. That's why we're not judged if we're in Christ. We have to be in Christ. Doing the works is a witness before the world, and by them God is glorified. These are their major purposes for good works that God gets the glory. That's why it says, 
if you don't praise me and give me the glory, the rocks will cry out and praise me. The trees doing what they're supposed to do. Nature, everything is, does what it's supposed to do except man. Abel. Let's talk about Abel. Isn't Abel in the hall of faith? Hebrews 11 and 4. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it being dead yet speaking. In other words, Abel's works by doing that which is right. People don't like a goody two-shoes. They don't like you to be honest. They don't like you to be unconscionable, to have a conscience. In other words, I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to laugh at you about stealing and doing all these things. That's why they says bad manners or bad company corrupts good manners. I'm not going to sit around here while you talk about your uh, sexual escapades and your dating and everything. When are y'all getting married? How many more children do you have to have out of wedlock till you realize that that's wrong because you're living in fornication? So if I'm preaching and witnessing of those things that you can't dress like that in lewd and lascivious way and still be a child of God, that's not a good witness. And I'm a witness unto you. In other words, I'm giving you a warning as to what God says. That's lasciviousness. Now, you can fall out with me, or you can do whatever you want, but as a witness, these, these things, that not, that's if that door is open to me. Sometimes, you remember I told you the prudent must keep silent? Yes. Because sometimes, there hell is if you want to go to hell. Walk straight on in there. I can't stop you. you. Because you have to know when to speak and when not to speak. God is not the author of confusion. So this person may listen at somebody else better. Sometimes it's better that somebody else tell your children something because if you try to tell them, they go fuss and get mad at you and argue and fly off or whatever. But if their friends tell them or somebody else tell them, they go think they didn't learn something new and they're going to want to come show you or something you know already that you've been trying to tell them. They weren't listening because they would rather somebody else tell them. Seek first the kingdom of God. Faithfully witnessing, and that's what I say. A lot of times people don't listen at what you're saying or doing, and I'm about to start talking about Noah because he's not a really a success story. He's like Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah only had one or two converts. If people look back at these preachers and everything, they look back at these major prophets and they like they had mega churches or whatever. No, they had very few converts. Very few people was following them. When Jeremiah, they took him and drug him to Egypt with him. He didn't want to go. They made him follow in Egypt. Jeremiah had nobody but Baruch with him and a few followers. Noah, he only his family heard him. So, the, by the world's standard, I'm going on off into this, and I don't have but five minutes, and I won't be able to reach where I'm trying to reach. We'll have to do that at some other time. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, Lord God, we ask you to help us to be faithful witnesses of